Hey y'all, it's your girl at Joylea, and welcome to my podcast backstage with at Joylea. We have my guy, my friend, my CAU buddy from years ago, who I love, Mr. Terry Skywalker. On our show, we are going to be talking about his wonderful businesses and business trademarking. So you guys sit back, listen up, and we're going to talk about blacks and business trademarking and the importance of that. All right. Hey, y'all. Again, welcome to my podcast, Backstage with Joy Leah. We have Mr. Terry Skywalker on my show, and we're going to be talking about all his businesses and everything he got going on, as well as blacks in business trade marketing. So we're going to get right into the show. And Terry, my boy, how you doing? I can't complain, man. God is good. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So, you know, I'm, you know, this is my boy, y'all. So this is shice to me. But, you know, I you know, do the introduction. But, Terry, Shice, tell us about yourself, please. Well, I went to CAU. I'm, um, I didn't graduate from CAU. I graduated from um, AIU. But I went to CAU. I have a doctorate in international business from um, RBC University. I have two degrees from AIU. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in marketing, and I have a master's degree in marketing. And then my doctorate is in international business. I'm a father, a husband, and a business owner. I own multiple businesses in the Atlanta area. Um, from um, I own a trucking company. I own a cleaning company, No Germs Allowed. Um, I own a bar called Treehouse Lounge, formerly Union EAV, and I'm most well known for my brand, Barfire ATL, which I own with four other, I mean, three other people, and it's like one of the number one weekly event brands in the country. Yes, event brands. I heard that. You got clubs, you got events, you got a lot of stuff going on. So, I mean, I know how I met you. It was probably in the business department, I know, because you went to Clark for business, right? Yeah, I went to Clark for business. Yes, and on that promenade, you know how Clark had Miss Dr. Kimbrough. We had some of the best business stuff up in there. But what made you want to continue and get into business and everything that you're doing right now? I mean, I know why I did, but what made you want to continue to do it? Uh, I threw my first party when I was um, 17 years old in Brooklyn. It was my graduation party. And uh, it was I, I was with a friend of mine. She said, hey, I rented the community center at the corner of the block. Let's do a party together. And I was like, okay, cool. So I was in night school to finish up because I had got out of school six months early. And um, I had the one class that I had to continue, finish for night school. So I was only going to school at night for that one class. So I made paper flyers with a printer, and I went around night school, and I handed out those flyers. And it was about 11.30, the night of the party, and we were standing outside, and it was empty. Nobody was there yet. What? I was looking stupid, because I was bragging. 
to my boy Trig. Now that we say that. What? Yeah, you didn't know that? Yeah. Um, so got Trig, we was doing things he wasn't supposed to to make money. Right. Trig came and all of that down. He was the man and we were all broke because he was in town. <laughs> so I went around, I went around to the Clark, Spelman, Morehouse and at the time Morris Brown was open. And they were just about to close. And I went to everybody I knew. It was about 13 guys that was doing things that I was doing. And I said, because I, I had just watched Ocean's Eleven. Ah, uh, <laughs> so was like, like, it's 11 oh, of us, so it's 13 of yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, I had 13 guys, and I was like, meet me in this room. I had a friend named Jamil, and he had a room on the first floor in the dorm, Heritage College. And I said, if you want to find out how to make some money, because this guy Trig was messing our money up, Come meet me in this room at six thirty. So that and that was you, you. That was like a sales tactic right there, mm-hmm. in some type of way. If you think about it. And we, I started this covering team um, with all thirteen of those guys. Everybody had to put in fifty dollars, and um, we bought some. We went to the army base and bought some liquor, and we was in college. And we College kids couldn't get liquor after um, 12 o'clock. A lot of them couldn't get it because they were underage. And we went and bought liquor from the Army base. And after 12 o'clock, we would sell our liquor and we would sell out. And we took that money and started promoting parties once we made money. And um, my first party that I threw in college was at a club called Level 3. And I had 2,300 people in the party. Wow. And it was so jumping that big promoter in Atlanta named Alex Gideon that owns Compound Nightclub and all of that. He literally left his club, rolled down to my spot, came inside just to tell me he's seated. And that was the day I was like, you know what, I'm going to continue doing this. And I've literally been trying and throwing parties. I was failing for years. You know, you got to baby step and all of that. That was my real start of throwing parties in Atlanta. Okay. And so, I mean, I was still in college. 
Yeah, I was about to say, you been you was doing that in college, because I remember, I ain't even going to lie, level three, all that stuff. But for you to continue to want to do that, what motivated you to, you know, we're, we're 20 years, in, you know, and still into it. What was it, the money? You know, what, what motivated you to want to still be in it? I, I, I was raised by a good woman, so it was never hard for me to be friendly to people, you know. I, a lot of people know me for being shy back in college, like that hood guy from Brooklyn that didn't take no mess. But, you know. <laughs> that leather jacket on. Yeah, <laughs> but a lot of people, but those who do know me, we all are friends. Like, they got these stories, but they really can't never say they seen me do anything foul. <laughs> like, right. I was all respectful and nice right. to everybody. So right. that, that got me friends, and I would talk to anybody from homeless people to the nerd that nobody would talk to, they were my friends. I would go to, it might be the end of the day, yeah. and I could sit there and say, I was in 10 people's houses that day. Wow. I would visit by myself. So that's just, and, just something that was just in you. Yeah, I just, I just was, I love people. And then I got to give props to the people. I actually put a post up on Instagram a few months ago. I, I pulled it up the other day. But I got to give credit to the people who actually helped me. I came out here. I only had $150 in three outfits. You know, I told you I was there three years before college. I actually was homeless. And when I came, I, I was sleeping in the broom closet in the New Reds. Wow. I was homeless. You feel what I'm saying? And look and, at um, you now. I was, I was still 19, um, and I was college age. So I would talk to the college girls. They'd leave their room, and they didn't know. I would walk around and look for a broom closet that was unlocked because I had nowhere to go. Wow. And, um. Yeah, and um, uh, I had friends that actually, after all of that, after I got in college, I, I give credit to Rest in Peace Juice from Juice Nails. You know, she took a chance with me. She she made me the director of marketing for her magazine. She had a magazine called Juice Magazine. She liked the way that she seen how I was with people, how everybody knew me. Yeah. And um, she let me, you know, I, I was posting up stickers and flyers, traveling with her to different cities, promoting and stuff like that. I give credit to Big Meats from BMF. You know, I never was in the, the BMF gang and all of that stuff. But <laughs> I could party with them and be everywhere they was at because he just liked my hustle. You know, he even he has juice about me. I'd be in the club popping my own bottles and stuff, and he'd be like, "Y'all like that kid?" Because I never begged. I yeah. never tried to ask. Yo, him. Right. I was just, you know, Yo, you, you and, um, back in college, and, and, you used yeah. to take care of everybody. Well, I mean, I think I came in years after you probably were there, but, man, clubs, look, clubs from just being in the dorm rooms, you you did. You had that personality. I'll give you that. Yeah, I used to be in your room all the time. Yeah. It was Sonya room, but, because I didn't live on campus at the time, but I stayed in Sonya room at the time. But yes, all the time. That was oh oh you talk about um that was Sonya room. I'm telling you. But the uh, I stayed in Heritage Common in 304 a long time ago. Yeah, I used to be in that. Room. Used to be in that I, room I too. Because you was hanging yeah, with like Shanice, Tiana, and all them. No, I was hanging with you. Oh yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I knew you, I knew you before you knew your baby dad. <laughs> I was, you, you, met, 
look yeah. good and spend money, and spend money on her to yeah. look good. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's because I was hanging with y'all. I'm telling you, people don't realize I was I was hanging with some people. Like I I was hanging with some tough people. Like <laughs> you. I love for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? so I Hey, like, why you with this young nigga? I know, I know. You used to, any nigga, I would say. You used to my big bruh. I ain't even gonna front. This is my dude, dude. Like, this was big bruh before all y'all was like big bro and bruh. This was really what, like, lunch, dinner, we was riding, oh, wedding. Okay. You look, I've been to your wedding. Like, we was riding for a long, yeah. long time, man. So, look, Shites, we gotta get to the bonfire. Because this thing, and I like how you, because I was wondering, is it like a club? What's going on? You called it an event space. What you call it? An event activity? A brand. It's a brand. Yeah, event brand. Bonfire is a digital. A lot of people, see, that's where a lot of people get it messed up because they be thinking like we just a party. And if we was just a party, it would be easy to duplicate or steal right. or whatever. But we are a digital entity. You know, we have 40,000 followers on Instagram. I have 12,000 followers. And then my partners have thousands of followers. And that's what we, we exist online. If we didn't, if it wasn't for our online presence, um, it would have been easy for anybody to do anything to mess up our brand. But people respond to what we say online. Oh, they literally do what we ask them to do. Like one time I moved the whole party in an hour. We, the place that we had, they wouldn't let us in because... We didn't have the insurance information um, that they wanted us to have. So he was like, well, you're just not going to have a party today. What? Um, and I was, yeah. And I was just like, I was like, bro, like, this is how a lot of people pay for stuff. Like, right. get me. I'm more, I'm more worried about my staff because a lot of them pay their bills. They got kids and yeah. all that. And I'm like, you know, you can't, you can't just do that. He was like, oh, yes, I can. It's my building. <laughs> um, we, I, we actually had rented a building that was getting renovated. But it just wasn't ready. And with Bonfire, we go to empty warehouses and stuff like that. And we turned it into illustrious spaces for five hours. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, it takes us two hours to set up. We, we got everything. Y'all so, like the carnival. Yeah. We like <laughs> it. We have sound, um, um, furniture, generators. Wow. And we have vendors. We have, about 30, we have about 30 vendors that show up, and they make it look like something. Know, setting up in the perimeter, bringing their little lights and stuff like that. And so, you know, um, I put the post on Instagram like, "Hey, we had to move, and 1,200 people showed up." Wow! So you know, it's like one of those like virtual. You you follow it that way, like that that type of trend, yeah. which is what's going on now. I mean, you can know the certain spots, like you know your oak. And you, you know Atlanta, and you know your compound, you know. But I call those out of towner places, you know, like yeah. places where if you come from Atlanta, you Google it, it's gonna come up. God is good, so great, you know. That is the places that you want to go. But bonfire seems like it's a little bit more alternative and like something that the city really needs, especially when you're explaining all the vendors and all the people that come together to make this event possible. So I would say, like, give me, you know, give me some stories. Look, give me some stories about what goes on there because 
Now, I'll give you, I'll give you some girl, I'll give you the stories people want to hear. The right. Stories, yes. So. There we go. All right. Well, one time I was sitting at bonfire. I, at the time I was doing a photo booth and, um, I just seen T.I. walk past me and B.O.B. And I was, I didn't get the chance to go inside, but at the end of the night, I seen the pictures and they had came and performed for free. What? And that became, yeah, and that became a trend. You feel what I'm saying? Like we, um, since then we've had Kiki Palmer. She came one time, you know, with the hat on and the glasses, high and having a good time. And she got at my partner, like, yo, I want to perform here. Next week, she was on our stage performing. Wow. That and, is and cool. Yeah, we shut, and, we, and that was, we shut everything down. Like, the city was shut down that night. We had about 2,500 people there. It was real crazy out there. And um, we, we started having issues with the police at that time because, you know, we had issues with haters, and they would call the cops and say it was noise complaints. So, you know, literally, the week before that, Police was like, if y'all open up and we, and we hear noise, we're going to shut y'all down. And they really wanted us not to do it because they figured we was just an outside event, a bunch of kids or whatever. They didn't understand that every one of my partners are college, except for one, but he's still great. But he's there college educated and of age, 34 to me, I'm 41 years old. So we literally got the silent headphones. Oh. And we had everybody outside with silent headphones on. Oh, so y'all just come up with different stuff, period, yeah, for your event. Yeah, that's what make our team so good. First, let me give credit to my partners, King Fresh. Um, you have Michi Bertrand. Michi is, um, he went to Morehouse. You have um, Brian, who known as Flex. He went to AIU. I mean, no, our, our institute. But we, we are four different people, literally. We don't really hang out with each other from day to day because, you know, we got different lives. But that helps us when we're sitting down planning because we're able to think about what everybody would want. Every, would yeah, every aspect. Yeah, and we come up with these, like, great ideas of just things to do and different ways that people are going to enjoy the festivities. Because what Bonfire is, as a whole, it's, it's a, a, a event where creatives, um, influencers, and all around just good people gather to, you know, share positive vibes. So if we have a variety show uh, right around 11 o'clock. After the variety show, we have a comedy show. We have well-known comedians get up on stage. And then after that, we have the showcase, which showcases mainly indie artists, but a lot of times we get those major artists, but we get artists of those major artists, like Brian Michael Cox brought his group. Um, Dallas Austin brought his group. Sony had artists come through that they wanted to get on stage because it's to the point now, if you are an artist that wants any longevity and you based in Atlanta, you 10 to 1 going to go through Bonfire ATL when you first start. As an indie yeah. artist and, and, you know, coming up. Not even, even, even as a signed artist, nobody don't know. You feel what I'm saying? Like okay. the Migos, the Migos that did Bonfire back in the days. Wow. Um, Okay. Yeah. Bonfire. Bonfire got that that fire. It sound like. <laughs> yeah. So you, you know, and we thank God for the success of Bonfire ATL. But you know, it's really the people of the city that make Bonfire. I get prime example when 
when Keisha Lance Bottoms first got in office. I don't know why, but I kind of get why. That Kwanzaa Hall and Vincent Ford campaign for mayor against her there. So her, one of her main objectives when she first got in office was to shut Bonfire down. Shut it out of mouth. She was coming for us. And the city shut her down. They literally went to her page and cursed her out and told, them and told her they won't vote for her no more. What? Because of Bonfire? Yeah. We, yeah she we, I about to say, now we, look, we got to get into this trade market. And how important this is because she she wasn't mad at Shice. She wasn't mad at Terry Walker and all your partners. She was mad at Bonfire. So what yeah. is it about Bonfire that makes y- your brand and what you got going on different from everything else? Well, first to explain why she was mad before I explain, you know, what what, what makes it so different. Why she was mad is because a lot of people, you know, there's different classes in Atlanta. Even even though it's a black city, it's different classes in Atlanta. Okay. And that class that she comes from, her father was a singer. So she's been had money. She grew up in the Cascade. And she's part of that ludicrous, you know, killer Mike, like that crew of wealthy black people in Atlanta. And, you know, they can be bougie just like the white people can. <laughs> and even worse, because they're our own people. Right. You know what I mean? So they didn't know, they don't understand what bonfire is. You hear your stories. You hear that people be smoking and people do this and people, there be animals and this and that. You know, people come in their dogs. <laughs> it's bestiality going on over there. No, yeah, <laughs> no for real. Ratchet, y'all get, y'all get ratchet, they try to say. Yeah, so, but they don't understand what that does for the city of Atlanta. Or for the, those type of people who enjoy that alternative, if that's the word that know, needs to be used, but it's just an alternative lifestyle. Creative. Yeah, but cr- very not, much creative. Not, yeah, they're not kids, though. That's what you gotta understand. Our main demographic is 24 to 35. You feel what I'm saying? And then our second demographic is literally 35 to 45. But these are still as alternative adults that are creative and feel that. Like, our generation was one of the generations where we could really be creative. These people own the stores. They do the murals on the side of the wall. Right. They are the people. Yeah, like, they they still have significant roles. Like I said, we had had, um, Vincent Fork campaign. We had Kwanzaa Hall come in and campaign. Mm -hmm. We had um, um, Stacey Abrams, her campaign came in and campaigned for her. Yeah. You know, they just asked us to be a voting site. Right. They literally got nothing, but they want people to literally come vote while they're at bonfire. You know, or at least so, sign them up to vote. You know, I mean, it's yeah, so when you have a crowd no, like want, that. They want the actual voting polls at bonfire. Wow. They want to put now. They ain't, did they do that? No. Nah, I about to say you. They can't do that. It's actual registrational places that. You do that. But I can see why they would want to do that because think about it. If they got, you got 12,000 people coming, hello, you know, that eliminates a lot. But when it comes to voting, you're going to have 12,000. So if you already got. If the the mayor ever came herself, she would probably make initiatives for us to get more land and, and all of that kind of stuff. Because for seven years, we've had bonfire. We haven't had one fight. We haven't, you know, people come there literally, the AJC called a church on Sundays for people who may not be religious. 
Like people like qualified do the same thing that church do. Like we don't have the, the religion part, but when it comes to making you feel good for the rest of your week, it's people who start talking about qualified on Tuesday and Wednesday because they hate their job or something wrong with their life. I done had people coming to me crying at bonfire, talking about, thank you, man. I really needed this. This is so beautiful. Every week I get at least three people tell me, thank you for what we do for the city. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's culture. Yeah. You know, it's needed you know? culture. You know, which is, like I said, different. Everybody don't want to go and jump on, you know, couches and, with bottles and stuff like that, there are some creative people who want to go and majestically have a good night, smoke their weed, smoke their hookahs, or not even that, want to go and paint. Maybe want to go and, yeah. you know, hear a they good, you know. Right. Here's some good poetry. Yeah. You know, like, talk yeah. about life. Yeah. Actually connect with people with the music not being all loud and stuff like that. That's what it sounds like to me, an underground place. Yeah, you can throw your headphones on. You can throw your headphones on, and you can be in your own world around a whole group of people. Like, wow. straight up, we, we do the silent headphones every week now. Oh, yeah, hey, course, so, yeah. so you guys have, like, a own, your own room doing that? Nah, it's, it basically, it's outside, inside. So inside, we have live music, and it's loud, and you can, Come in there and party. But if you're outside, because you can't have noise outside after 11 o'clock, we throw headphones on. We have three but DJs. But people that want to be outside. Yeah, and it's three DJs. So each is three colors, red, blue, and green. Each color has its own DJ. So you can change your vibe. You might want to hear R&B. You can switch to the R&B station. Wow. Yeah, you might want to hear, you know, depending on what we have. You might have a reggae DJ this week. You want to hear reggae all night. You can turn to the reggae station. You know, and then it helps you connect with people. You know, you walking past, you might have be on a blue station, you walking past this pretty girl, she's going crazy on a red station. You walk in front of her, look at her crazy, like, what are you doing? Turn to the red station, now y'all vibing. <laughs> so I was about to ask, so is this the concept that what you got on is, you know, go, excuse me, got going on, is that the reason why you trademarked Bonfire and the whole concept? I'll say this much. We, um, the reason we really trade, we, like I said, I have a doctorate in international business. I understand. Doctoring, y'all. That, that protects you. Doctoring. Yeah. Okay. That, 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 that protects you against, um, people trying to steal your brand. Basically, if you could prove you were the first person using it and you was using it for revenue, even if somebody go try to trademark your brand, even if you don't have a trademark, once you pay a lawyer a bunch of money because you should have trademarked it in once you pay a lawyer a bunch of money, they'll protect your brand for you, even if somebody tries to take it. What is that money. called when that happens? When you, is it called like first dibs? I heard about that before. No, it's called first user right. First user right. Yeah, first okay. user right. But but so that the reason why the real reason why I trademarked it is because we had a disgruntled employee. We had an employee he was working for us for quite some time, and um his 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 cipher just started making problems with us. Um, he, had, he had a baby mother who the building we was using, she was the manager of, and they, she just kept getting in the way of what we was doing, trying to capitalize on for what we had. And then, you know, that became bad blood, and he became involved, and 
she got other people involved, and it just became too much. Like I said, we never had a fight for seven years, so we fired him because it became too much tension. And he was upset, and I guess his idea was to go and try to trademark our brand. Got it. Yeah, do our party. So basically, what she did, she um with the building manager, she went found some found an investor and got the lease for the whole building from the owner and tried to make it to where one day we were supposed to come to work on Sunday and they were like, you're not you're not allowed on the property and then poach our staff like I might as well stay because we got the trademark in the building. But like I said, wow. we're a digital brand. Yeah, we we a digital brand. So what we did was um I found out from the owner by mistake the owner was down with it too, the owner of the building, the Jewish guy from New York. And you know, he just kept trying to capitalize as well. And they were friends. She was the manager of the building. So I went to go pay him some money I owed him and I was gonna give him the deposit for the next week. And he didn't want the deposit. Now, this is a greedy guy. You know what I mean? So for him not to want the deposit, so when I finally got there and I tried to put it in his hand, he said, Oh, I rented the building to somebody else. I just wanted to tell you that. And in my head, I'm like, Well that's not a problem. We we at the time we were spending like um I think about $17,000 a month in rent. Okay. Just for five hours. You feel what I'm saying? So, I'm like, well, whoever rented it won't keep us because that's damn near all of their rent for right. the whole month. Right. You know what I mean? But then he told me he rented it to that female and I knew our relationship with her and I already knew what was going on. And he messed up and told me on Saturday. That gave me a day to go to Instagram and say, hey, y'all, they trying to steal our stuff. Don't support and they thought it was empty. It has been empty since they was trying. And recently they had to stop trying. But, you know, that's what was going on. So we went and got the trademark. And we've been fighting the little trademark that they have. And um, with, with my lawyer, I got to give up props to LaRae Funderburg. She went to Clark. You know, um, I know her as Brashana, but LaRae Funderburg, um, Esquire. And she's a trademark attorney. Wow. By trade. By trade. You know that's one of my cool, closest friends. She was at my wedding, too. Wow. What? You see, I need to meet her. Yeah. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So she went to work, and we're still in the process of getting everything done, but we, we feel pretty it's, you feel You feel, you know, secure about what you got going on in the trade yeah. and trade marketing. And it taught you something new. You know what I'm saying? It taught yeah, you the importance. Of trade marketing. I mean, you said you had it for what seven, eight years, and you didn't even think about doing it before. Yeah, we, we, we. I thought about it, but I was being lazy and and being greedy because you know a real. You got to pay for it. It seems like right. Yeah, all the trade like you could go try to do it yourself for three hundred dollars, and if you know what you're doing, do it for the three hundred dollars. But if you're not sure and don't know the burden, you got to pay somebody to help you. Yeah, go get somebody. I read, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and what the guy said in that book, he said, "Pay professionals to do what they know how to do." Right. And you will become. Them. That's true. Period. That's true. You know, so certain things. You're you're right about that. Like certain, like it's some paperwork that you can easily do for yourself, but certain things you can pay a professional to do it because that's what they do, and it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. It might, at the time, you know, you know, as black people, I'm going to keep it real. 
the one thing I've seen a lot of people mess up with, when we get money, we like to look at it. Instead of spent investing in it in your in we your business not, and stuff. We will sit there and know a bill is due. We'll get $10,000 cash in our hand. And we will know a bill is due. Know we got the means to just go pay that bill. But we will wait a couple of more days or a couple of more weeks. We like having that money in our pocket. That's a shame. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Let me give you an example. Let me tell you a story. I live with my homeboy. I know you You might remember or you might not. I had a homeboy named Weeks. He was partially blind. He went to Morehouse. He was my roommate. I was At one time, I was staying with him in his place because I have nowhere to stay at the time. And I had just bought a house, and I got $20,000 at closing. So my money had just got right. So the day I come home with my check, I get to his house, and he's evicted. He's not there yet. He don't even know. So I'm standing there looking at his stuff. And mind you, I, I had lost about $1,000. I had like $1,000 sitting in his house. What? And I lost it because they evicted him. Yeah, they, they evicted him. Oh, yeah, they changed and a lot. Yep. Yeah, they took the money. So... Because, oh, you know, they let crackheads evict you when they evict you. The sales <laughs> come and they find to anybody off the street to move that furniture out. So, um, I, so he got home and I said, you evicted. And he was like, what? He was like, no, oh, Lord, in this country. And he was all crying. Whatever. <laughs> the crazy thing about it was he, had, he only owed $1,700 in rent. And he had it. He got a $4,000 refund check two days before that. He just wanted to sit it, it, it to sit in his account. And I know he had the cash. They took the cash. They they took the money. He had it under his mattress. What? Yes. And I and I he said and I said I said weeks. I said why didn't you just go pay your money? <laughs> and he said, Chase, I'm gonna keep it real with you. I just wanted to look at it for a moment. Oh my god, yo, uh, you know what? That's why I enjoy doing my podcast and I have people like you and all different type of people with business minds. We did not know, some of us, I would say, did not know growing up that you should pay your bills on time, that it goes against your credit and stuff like that or something like that could happen. We didn't know. We They don't teach that growing up in no schools. And a lot of our parents sometimes don't. You know, all that, you know, getting allowance and stuff like that. I mean, some people did it, some didn't. You know, it's that's just the reality of many generations. Even right now, some people are raising their kids, knowing that stuff. And there'll still be some people that's going to be looking at that money in their account. But money's a tool. I mean, you can't, you see what happened when he got put out. It got taken. You die, it's gone. His money is just a tool. You have to spend, I, I've learned it's not better to spend it. You know, it's better to save it. But, I mean, not under no mattress. You know what I'm saying? Save it in some investments. You know? <laughs> There's other places, but he didn't know. We didn't. We don't know, but we're learning now. And that is, you know, the importance of things like this. So, when it comes to trade market, how important is it? When it comes to businesses, when it, they have a great idea, I would say. Well, you can't really trademark something unless you start using it for financial gain. Like you have to, you have to actually like 
you can trademark it in the beginning, but if you don't use that trademark to make money, somebody can come take that from you. Okay. Yeah, so even if you even if you had a trademark, you go get your trademark, if you don't use that trademark for a, a number of years, I don't know the amount, I, I would assume it's like three to five years or something like that. If you don't use it, it, you, somebody can come take that trademark. They can come and use the same trademark, the same stuff, and there's nothing you can do if you can't prove that you made some money off of that trademark in the last three to five years. Wow. Didn't know that. I mean, you're schooling me on a lot of stuff, like the procedure and what needs to be done after it gets done. So it, it, it's only important, as you're saying, is if you're making money from it. Don't just go out here just trademarking stuff because you just thinking, oh, this is a good idea. I want to trademark it. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Which is very interesting yeah, because yeah, some people will come out and do things, you know, the wrong way. So it's so if it's a brand that is notable in something, then, yeah, go ahead and trademark yourself. There's a difference between a trademark and a copyright. You can copyright an idea, but... You know, a trademark is literally for a direct name or a logo. So okay. somebody wants to, yeah, somebody wants to use your name and or use your logo. So like at Joy Leah or like Joy Leah, if they want to use my, if I don't trademark it, somebody else can use it. Yeah, or, or the name of your or backstage with Joy Leah. You feel what I'm saying? That actual brand itself, if you don't trademark it, somebody can come and, and use it. And yeah. You know, I mean, I, I doubt anybody use it because, I mean, I ain't got nothing going on like that besides this. But I get what you're saying, like, because what you said with the bonfire thing, somebody was actually, because it was a great idea. It was something that nobody else was doing in the city. I mean, you could technically have a bonfire in every city if you think about it. Yeah, and we've been, we've been offered bonfires. We want to we wanna make bonfire um, efficient enough that way we don't have to come, you know. We run a lot of bumps because of the nature of the event, but we're getting more and more like above board. Like right now, we're on the Beltline. Okay. Yeah. That's a great place to be. I love the Beltline. I ain't even gonna lie, some great restaurants. So the bar. You're frozen. Uh, We got some technical difficulties, y'all. Give me one second. Yeah, so basically the importance of trademark is that um, you got to protect your logo and your name. And then any ideas you have and any intellectual property, like if you have music, stuff like that, you copyright that stuff. Ideas and thoughts get copyrighted, physical names and um, logos get trademarked. Okay, all right. Well, I mean... I really appreciate you being on my show and, you know, talking about everything that we talked about. We kind of went through, you know, you and your business and trademarking. What would you like to leave, I would say, either the next generation or somebody that's in your position, 19 and 20, that, you know, wants to eventually either get into the event planning industry so they can have, you know, that type of audience that they can reach out to 12,000, 40,000 people, you know, state to state, 
you know, city to city, you know, what's some nuggets that you can leave with them? Well, the two main things that I would tell people is, number one, take your time. You know, you don't have to rush. Um, don't be afraid to make mistakes and take losses. If you are on the right path, then you will you will take bumps in the road, but you will eventually, you know, get where you need to go. You don't have to change what you're doing just because you made a couple mistakes and you took a couple losses. Just take your time to learn. You know, don't and don't be quick to throw everything you have into something. Go sit with somebody or work for somebody who does it. So you can take the time to see how it's actually done. Um, that's number one. And then um, number two is don't 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 stop doing what you're doing because of what people tell you. You know, I, I give advice all the time. I say, yo, just be yourself. And being yourself is more than just you, know, you can get away with it. Yeah, it's more than just personality and stuff like that. You know, what I mean, being yourself is do what you love and what you really just keep working at that. Um, I had a friend that went to jail. He did seven years, but before he went to jail, I had a cell phone, and it had a hundred numbers in it. And I, at that time, it was big to have a hundred numbers. And he was like, "Wow, man, you got a hundred numbers!" And I said, "This is how I'm gonna make my money one day." And when he came home from jail um, in 2008, I had 3,500 numbers. Wow! And now, now my phone has over 8,000 numbers in it. And I speak to maybe 1,100 of those people every month. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. good. Like, I don't know if you watched the movie. Um, sorry to interrupt you, but the movie um, with Mr. Rogers that Tom Hanks played. Um, I didn't watch it. I might watch it tonight because you brought it up. Oh, God. You remind me of him. Well, just how his logic of things, of him knowing people and remembering everybody's name on purpose and I, I have to talk to this many people and I even when you said I went to eleven people house every day, like you made initiative. You know, a lot of people don't do that, you know? I'm writing a book called How to Be a Good Person. And um it's built off of four principles, you know, um that God gave me in um, when I was thirty two. I was literally in the dream. He gave me four commandments. He was like, Those ten commandments is good. These is for you personally. Help as many people as possible. Try not to hurt people, whether physically or mentally. Um, try not to hurt yourself. If you're doing things to yourself that you know is bad for you, physically or mentally, try to cut it out and stop it. And be better than you were yesterday. And one of those principles, and under those, it's like a 40, 48 laws of power where you got different rules under those principles. And one of my rules is everybody deserves five minutes. And you know, we don't have five minutes to give everybody. What I'm saying is, when you sit down, when you walking past people that you know, and you say, what's up? And you say, how you doing? Wait for them to respond. And, and, and then give some insight if they respond in a manner that looks sketchy, like, yo, um, um, how you doing? Oh, I'm not doing too good. Don't be like, oh, man, it's going to be all right. And walk away. And I'll be like, yo, man, what's wrong? And try to give them some sound advice. Because I had a homegirl. I'm going to leave you with this. And why, why that's true. I had a homegirl. Or well, it was a girl. She wasn't my homegirl like that. My my homeboy brought her by my house and introduced me to her when I was single. And um, she was pretty. But you know, old shice. I was trying to holler at everything. 
<laughs> so, so he brought her by my house, and I tried to holler. She wasn't interested like that, but she really wanted to be my friend. And at the time, I had just lost like 50 pounds. This was 2011. I just lost like 50 pounds. <laughs> That's shy, y'all. <laughs> it's Terry, and then it's shy. Yeah, I was 204 pounds, and I had a modeling contract. I was actually going around the country modeling. And um, I saw so I'll, I'll be in Chattanooga um, doing a, a, the Riverbend Festival. I'll be at um, the Essence Festival. And she would call me no matter where I was at. Like, yo, man, I just want to hang out. I just want to hang out. And I would throw off. Oh, I'll call you when I get back. But I'm busy because I'm partying. I'm with the pretty girls and I'm doing all this. Right. And when I got back, the guy who introduced me to her came by my house, and he said, have you seen her? And I was like, nah. He was like, well, we ain't seen her in a couple of weeks. She went missing. Wow. He said, but I'm sure she out. You know okay. what I mean? He said, the only thing that we worried about is that she tried to kill herself before. Oh. He said, but besides that, um, you know, she probably ran off with a guy or something. So I just happened to bump into him a couple of weeks later, and I asked him, I was like, yo, did that ever find shorty? He said she killed herself. Uh-huh. Cause you you feel like cause you didn't give it a five minutes. Yeah, like little tears coming to my eyes. I mean, but um, I always felt like about it took five minutes to talk to her. Yeah, cause it's a lot of people that I have on the edge like that, and I talk to them, and I talk them out of that, or out of out of they or off of their cliff. I don't right. know why I do that. That's you do I'm have that gift. You know what I mean. And I feel like if I'd have just, like, took those five minutes to talk to her, even on the phone, right. and just see how she was doing, that, you know, so, but, you know, that's my advice. I mean, I'm, yeah, be genuine. You're right, be genuine. And, and genuinely, you can't, you know, blame that on you. You know what I'm saying? What people go through, you know, or, or whatever. I get what you're saying when you said you, you could have gave her five minutes. But people going to do what they're going to do. And, Chase, the fact that you got eight, 8,000 people in your phone and you even still reach out to me or you know put a like under you know it's it's small things okay. like that you know what I'm saying okay. if I know you you are gonna keep I in touch yeah yeah I remember I would see you outside of the club like you know like when I was married or just just other places and it'd be like shice gonna get that reaction. Yeah, he matured. Oh, okay. So when I listened to it, I looked at him and he had just asked me, probably like fifteen minutes before that, like, come on, big bro, manage me. And I was like, man, managers is babysitters and I ain't got the time. For they it. really are. You're right about that. Yeah. 
And I was like, I ain't got that. I said, I got too many businesses and all that. But when that song came on, I looked down. I said, I'll do it. I said, you ready? And, and, now you um, ready. Yeah, but then I got on the phone with him because now I got to get personal because now I'm ready to do stuff for you. And he told me his situation. So, you know, I got some things going on. My mama ain't messing with me. I'm staying on the front house. Oh, and, you know, Did you, are you still know, managing him? Telling your story, how you was, you know, going from home to home, and you know, you, you broom closets. You you can understand, and what you're doing now is passing it on and helping the next person, which is beautiful. Like, you know, you that's what it's all about: giving it to the next generation and passing it on, letting them know you've been through it and they can make it through. Because I mean, I to know where you came from, from which I didn't know. And to see where you are right now. And even from, like I said, I met you later on when you were in school and stuff. And, you know, you had your, I would say, shit together, in my opinion. And then we were getting bachelors then. You done went and went further than a lot of us and got a doctorate. Which you stayed on your grind and you stayed on the course. Because because it's bigger than me. You know, I I still got family that hurt. Yeah. You know, I I tell people, man can't live for other people but you know once you are successful um feel free to try to help other people that you love you know right. I mean? put them in position teach them, teach them how to fish you know if these rappers would just employ their homeboys instead of trying to bust it up or mad because they like you open a company and have them work for the company you feel what i'm saying do or, some things for the community right you right you ain't gonna, and I'm on. I sold some records. You know how simple it is for me to give you writing credit for one verse and you'll be paid for the rest of your life? Or just simple, th- even family members. You know what I'm saying? Simple things like that that I don't think we think about to make our simple businesses a, conglom- a conglomerate business. We just don't think about yeah. that we could put this person on, put this person on, and it all still comes back to me. But that's that's why I like speaking to people such as yourself and other people that I know that they let it be known. A lot of the times they're putting on their people or they're putting on people or there's some people who putting on people who they see the grind in them, but your family members, certain stuff, your kids, even Nas putting his daughter on his producing and you got to do stuff like that. And a lot of little simple things like that. So everybody could get a little royalty or a little something later, down, you know, later on in life. But I, I like I said, I really appreciate you explaining this type of stuff, especially when it comes to the trademarking, because that it's very important. How do people get involved? You know, I would say get involved and get in contact with you if they, you know, just wanted some insight, bonfire, all that type of stuff. My biggest problem that I have is that 
um, I make myself too easy to contact. So if you want to find me, you want to find me, you could hit Bonfire ATL on Instagram. You can hit the DM there. Um, I'm not the only person with that though. All my partners have access to it, but I'm the one who goes through it the most and answer questions. I basically hit up almost everybody that DMs me at Terry Skywalker at Terry Skywalker. That's Terry with a Y on Instagram. I answered those. Meeting I had at four o'clock with a girl who said, I just wanted to get in touch with you to see if we could do some business together. I didn't know what she wanted, who she was, never met her before, but I give people five minutes. So I told her, I was like, look, let's get on the Zoom call at four o'clock and see what you want. And I gave her five minutes. The five turned into 30 because what she wanted made sense. And we're going to hopefully try to get some money together. But I'm easy to, and I'm everywhere. You can bump into me at any club, at Zari Lounge, my boy Big Mike owns. Brett Martini, messing with Kobe and them, that paparazzi, my boy Ahmed, I'd be out because, you know, I like to go and support my friends. I don't even drink. It's been seven years since I touched any liquor, period. You know what I'm saying? But I'll go to your spot and buy Nav Waters and Nav Red Bulls just to say I spent money in your spot and supported what you're doing. So All right. Do all that shit. Don't 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 give them all the don't give them all the juice. <laughs> oh, okay. As you get cool with them. All right. Well, like I said, I so appreciate you being on backstage with at Joy Leah. You guys know you can always reach me on IG at, at Joy Leah, and you can email me at Joy Leah at gmail.com. Again, Mr. Terry Skywalker, I so appreciate you being on my show. You taking the time out of your busy schedule with all your businesses. I love you so much, brother. And um, make sure you guys check us out and check out my boy, Terry. And this is Backstage with that Joy Leah. Good night. You can't hear the music, but that's my little music. That's my, it's still my headphones. <laughs>